0: You're listening to the weekly Parsha podcast recorded with Hashem's never-ending assistance in Ramah B'Shem Israel 5784, 2024. This week's Parsha, we complete the Torah with the Parsha of Izais Abrocha, And the Parsha ends with a very sad, on a very sad note. I'd like to discuss this challenge, this difficulty, this sad note, and I'd like to bring it to a positive note. The, the passage tells us that Moshe Rabbeinu dies after spending his entire life hoping that the Jewish people would get, he would be redeemed and come into the land of Israel. He did succeed in redeeming them. He did succeed in bringing them out. And for 40 years he wandered through the Midbar, through the wilderness with them. But at the very end, he was not permitted to enter the land of Israel. And there's an extensive medish. I'll read a good part of it we will be able to read the whole thing. It's very long. But the Medrash discusses Moshe Rabbeinu. What did his tefillah look like? We know that he prayed 515 times over and over again hoping that Hashem would let him come into the land of Israel. And yet, his prayers were not accepted. His prayers were denied. And the Moshe Rabbeinu was the master of prayer. He prayed on behalf of the Jewish people as we'll see when it came to the Baisa Egel, whenever they sinned we would pray on their behalf in order that they be forgiven. Still, even though his sin was relatively minor, perhaps, compared to the sins of Klysra, he was not his his prayers were not accepted. And to, the Major starts off telling us what he was up, up against with his prayer. <speaking in Hebrew> the Pasik says ten times. That Moshe Rabbeinu has to die. That it's time for him to go. In Karbe says, Your days have come, your time has come to die. Musbahar, you're going to die on the mountain. Moshe Rabbeinu himself says, I'm dying. He says, I know after my death that the Jewish people are going to sin. Ten times he uses the language of death in regards to Moshe Rabbeinu. I'm not going to read them all. The fact that the Torah says ten times that Moshe Rabbeinu is going to die, it shows us that there was Xer on him, ten Xers, ten decrees, and he would not be allowed to enter the land of Israel. Even though there were ten decrees, it could still have been possible for Moshe to get out of the decree and to escape the decree for him to be able to get into Israel, but when Hashem himself, as it were, and his court, when they made that final decree, it was signed and sealed. Amar Elohim, Hashem says to Moshe, It's a decree from in front of me that you shall not go into the land of Israel. As says, you will, not go into, you will not cross over the Jordan. Now, the message has something crazy, unbelievable. And Moshe Rabbeinu This was was used to facing off with challenges, used to facing off with decrees and nullifying decrees. It was easy for him. It didn't seem like a great challenge. Moshe Rabbeinu says, "Look, the Jewish people sinned a number of times, many great sins." The government should be kasher and I kill many. Hashem listen to my prayers. Remember, every man in tamon. Where Hashem says, "I'm going to destroy them. Get away from me! I'm going to destroy the Jewish people." Heaven forbid. I loch dema But what does it say afterwards? It says Hashem took back the evil decree. Hashem said, "I'm going to strike them with a the plague, and that will be the end of them." Maxiv tamon. Hashem selach tikidur but nevertheless, the Pasik says that Hashem forgave the Jewish people as Moshe requested. So Moshe says, I have been an exemplary Jew from my youngest days. Moshe Rabbeinu knew who he was and knew he was a righteous individual. I didn't sin such great sins like the Jewish people did. If I pray for myself, Hashem should receive my request. So he wasn't worried. He didn't think that he wouldn't be answered. Now, because Moshe Rabbeinu didn't immediately pray on his own behalf, but rather he figured it says this, this is an easy one to solve. Because of that way of thinking, we had a so, immediately Hashem swore by his great name. He made a shvuah that Moshe Rabbeinu would not enter into Arts Yisrael. As opposed to it, it says, Therefore, you shall not bring this congregation into the land of Israel. Whenever it says the word therefore, it always is connected to, or it applies as an oath. L'Chain, in Pasuk Seh HaShaneh, we find by the promise that Hashem made to Beis Ely that they would die young, that it was prefaced with the word L'Chain, therefore. So what happens? What does Moshe Rabbeinu do? Moshe Rabbeinu doesn't give up. Hashem had told him previously, get away from me, I'm not listening to your prayers, but he knew that that was a sign that he should pray anyway. And here too, Moshe Rabbeinu prayed. Moshe sees that the decree is signed and sealed. So what did Moshe Rabbinu do? He knows the tricks, so to speak. It's worth listening to the tricks of the trade. How do we pray? But it seems like things are not going our way. What do we do? So here's what he did. He made himself a fast. He fasted. He made a circle. It sounds like, right? He made a circle, and he stood inside of the circle. He said to Hashem, I'm not going out of this circle until Hashem, you nullify this decree. Listen further. What did Moshe Rabbeinu do at that time? He put on sackcloth sack, and he he put on a a a uh a, a talus that was made out of sackcloth and it' polished by afer, and he sat down in in uh ashes and he stood up in prayer and supplicated in front of a and his das arts bracious. Moshe Rabbeinu's prayer was so powerful, the entire earth shook. All of the upper realms, the lower realms, everything was shaking. And the angel said, Maybe the moment of Mashiach has arrived. Maybe the time that Hashem wants to renew his world has come. That's how powerful Moshe Rabbeinu's prayers were, which by the way indicates. That this is this that Moshe Rabbeinu was supposed to go into Eretz Yisrael. They wanted to enter the land of Israel. It was if he would have come into Israel, the game would have been over, so to speak. Klal Yisrael would have entered with Moshe as their leader. That would have been the final redemption. It would have built a Me'asam The Jewish people, the reign of the Jewish people, would be over all of mankind for all time. So his prayer, Moshe Rabbeinu's prayer, wasn't just for himself that he should come into. The land of Israel. It was, I got to finish the job that I started. I don't know if we'll get to it, but he says that kind of, that kind of he says that type of uh, statement. He says, I, I took them this far, I can't leave them now. I got to finish the job. He was the Gail, he was the redeemer. He wanted to complete the redemption. <laughs> so, the, the prayer that he's praying is, is turning over the entire earth. The physical realms, the spiritual realms, the angels are saying, Wow, it it must be the moment that we've been all waiting for. Mashiach is about to arrive. The time has not yet come. A voice comes out from heaven, Hashem says, It's not yet the time of Mashiach. It's not yet the time that I plan to renew our world. Hashem says, look, it's true that Moshe Rabbeinu has a powerful ability to pray. It's true that Moshe Rabbeinu knows all the secrets of prayer. He knows how to sit and to wear the right clothing and to say the right words and to get himself into the right frame of mind. And really, the prayer is so effective that everyone knows what it is and what it means and we're at the moment of redemption. But Hashem says I'm the one in charge. Hashem has the power Kai. The souls of every living creature are in his hand. Ruach Kol the spirit of every of all the flesh of man. And who is this man that's in the hands of Hashem? Ruachal Bisarish Inshalmous. Says the medjush, we find that Moshe Rabbeinu himself is referred to as Ish, as a man. The man Moshe was very humble, more humble than all human beings on the face of the earth. Even the humblest person who was the most likely to have his prayers heard was the most likely able to bring the messianic age he can't change Hashem's plan. It's not yet the moment. It's not yet the time. He is in Hashem's hands as well. What did Hashem do at that moment? Listen. If it's, if the prayer can't be answered, if it's not the right moment for that prayer to be answered, the prayer is not going to be answered. It's just, it's going to get stopped. You know, in the heavens, there's many gates. Our prayers go through many gates. First, we send it to, to Yerushalayim. We, we, we direct our prayers to Yerushalayim. We direct our prayers to the holy mountain, to the Mokim HaMikdosh, the place of the temple. We direct our prayers to the Kodesh and the Holy of Holies, to the foundation stone. And from there, we direct our prayers up to heaven. But there are many gates that those prayers have to pass in order to get up to the heavens. And Hashem said, every single gate, called best in the best. Hashem said, I want all the gates to stop the prayers. Wherever the prayers get to, stop, stop. Don't let Moshe's prayers come through. They are not allowed to enter in front of me. The... Decree has been signed and sealed. There was a particular angel, we don't say the names of angels except for certain angels that are mentioned in Tanakh, so I'm not going to say the name of this angel. Particular angel who was in charge of announcing prayers, or announcing whatever announcements needed to be made. The prayer is getting too strong. You gotta close up all of the all of the gates. It's it's getting too strong. His prayers are getting stronger and stronger. It's like this battle. It's amazing battle between Hashem, as it were, you know, and Moshe Rabbeinu's prayers as they're trying to get up. <laughs> Misha's voice of prayer was raising it up; it was getting higher and higher. His prayer was like a sword that just rises up and rips everything in its path. A particular angel, he learned the name, explicit name of Hashem, from Matat. We don't say his name either; it says a different name for him. Rabbi said, particular angel that taught him the sarapnim. What how to get in. don't know how to get into the highest heavens. But Shemuel knew. He used a particular name of Hashem he was taught this name by the angel who is in charge there in the highest heavens of letting the prayers in. And he used that name. He took. He put in all of his efforts in order to be able to get this zayor, this decree upon him that he won't let enter into Eretz Yisrael to get him rescinded." Measure says extensively further, but I'd like to just skip. measure Shear continues and says, here's the prayer, what was his prayer? What did his prayer look like? Hashem let me live, Hashem let me get into Eretz let me go into Israel. I, that wasn't exactly what it looked like. Reboi Nishal yeah. Moshe says in front of HaKadosh in front of God, Master of the world, you know so clearly. Absolutely, you know everything. You know. You know how hard I worked to get the Jewish people to believe in you. To get the Jewish people to have faith in you. To get the Jewish people to do your will. How much pain did I have? when it came to getting them to fulfill the commandments, until I said it in them, Moshe Rabbein, think about it, he is giving a message over to the Jewish people that needs to last for 3,300 years until today. He worked so hard to, to create that foundation for the Jewish people. Amarti, Moshe says, when, he says, I said, I said, he said, I knew if I invested so much into helping them and to and to seeing their difficulty, I prayed for them when they did avers, when they sinned, I prayed that they should be forgiven. I taught them the Torah. I taught them to connect to you, Hashem. And I knew that with all this pain that I experienced, if I could see all the difficulties of the Jewish people, I'm for sure going to see the joy of the Jewish people, the good of the Jewish people, the final redemption of the Jewish people. But the moment has finally arrived. The Jewish people are entering into the land of Israel, and you're not going to you're not going to let me go over the Jordan River. You're not going to let me enter into the land of Israel. But she says, in your Torah it says that when somebody works in the day, you got to pay him on that day. I've been working all day. I've been working my whole life. One goal, and that is that the Jewish people should have a relationship with you and should be able to enter into the land of Israel and should be able to fulfill their national destiny You gotta pay me. I worked so hard. You gotta pay me at the end of the day. Just like it says in the Torah. When someone works for you, you gotta pay them at the end of the day. You can't let the sun set and not pay him. He's poor. The Buzzing says, a guy is poor. You gotta pay him. You gotta make sure to pay the guy and give him the money at the end of the day. He worked hard all day. He's the money to pay. To pay for food for him for his family. I worked all day, I worked my whole life. <speaking in Hebrew> How can you not pay me, Moshe <speaking in Hebrew> Banu <speaking in Hebrew> says? I worked so hard, forty years, in the wilderness, in the midbar, in order that they should become faithful to you. They should become a holy nation. <speaking in Hebrew> im So this is the... the and the manager doesn't really answer the question. The measure goes on to say that Hashem tries to send Malachim Mavis to kill him, but the Malachim Mavis can't succeed in doing it. He tries to send different Malachim, different angels. No one can do it. In the end, Hashem is the one who has to take Moshe Rabbeinu's life directly. This is Neshika. What do you have? Well, the question is, the question is, what's the answer to Moshe Bingham's question? Later The the doesn't answer this question. Moshe Rabbeinu says, "Hey, uh, it, we didn't. Fi- you didn't finish. I fin- I did the job, and I'm not being paid for my for my for my job. And you know, we read this. We read this on simple Torah. This is the completion of the Torah, and it's it's like a very anticlimactic." completion of the Torah. I mean, we do read on the Torah the beginning of Yeshua, when Yeshua takes the Jewish people, which is the continuation of the story. But the Torah itself ends with Moshe Rabbeinu's death. And, and it's a very sad ending, to a very powerful story of, of Moshe Rabbeinu's life. Moses spends his entire life leading the Jewish people, setting the foundation for the Jewish people, but he doesn't get to complete the job. What's the understanding of this ending? What's the understanding of this ending? And we read this on Simchas Tyra, We read this on this incredibly joyous day. It's such a sad. It's such a sad completion. What? What's the joy? Where is the joy? Where's the joy? So I was thinking about this question, and I want to share with you a thought that I discussed with my Rosh Hashim two weeks ago. I was in Farakwe and I sat with my Rosh Hashim for the two and a half hours. I mentioned this in the B'Tachem podcast. And we discussed lots of things, many different things, among them the importance of living in Eretz Yisrael. Moving there to Eretz Yisrael, lots of different things. B'Tachem, Fez and Hashem. And, you know, the question that I posed to him was, moving into like a new uh, Tkufa, a new uh, period of, li- of my life, it's Hashem, Over the next few years, I have some kids, You're going to we're going to marry them off, and it's a tremendous expense. And can I work with the Bittachl that I've worked with until now? Can I continue in the same way, or does something need to change? Do I need to have a different approach? Does it need to be a different level of eshtadlis, of efforts going in? And basically, after long discussion on this topic, the, the mascara, the, the bottom line of what we came out with was that we're in the middle of the story, and we don't know how the story will end. And that's true about Mashiach, it's true about Eretz it's true about what's going to be in the future of each of our individual lives. We're in the middle of the story. We don't know exactly what it's going to look like, but Hashem is going to show us what's next and how we are to approach the challenges as they come. There's going to be a guidance. There's going to be a new experience. There's going to be something that helps us understand what it is that Hashem expects of us. That's the basic idea that we talked about. And I was thinking about this in the context of this question... Why does the Torah end this way? This very anticlimactic way. that Moshe Rabbeinu doesn't doesn't fulfill his dream. I was thinking that you know we finish the Torah. Moshe Rabbeinu dies, and I go, we don't we don't read the after right away, talking about what happens in continuation of the story with the Yoshua. What we first do is we read bracious We go back to the beginning of the Torah, and there. At the very beginning of the Torah something very interesting. And There's a Rashi. Rashi, the very beginning of the Torah, tells us, why does the Torah start with gracious? Why does the Torah start with the creation of the world? Why does not Torah start with the beginning of the Jewish people? The first mitzvah the Jewish people have as a nation, which is the first month of the year is Nisan. Rashi tells us because you need to know from the onset that the foundation of the Torah is Hashem created the world. And because Hashem created the world, the rest of the Torah is not going to make sense because the rest of the Torah is about Hashem giving the land of Israel to Avraham, to Yitzchak, to Yaakov, to the Jewish people. That's the rest of the whole entire Torah. That's the first thing that Rashi tells us beginning of Bracious. The first thing that we, we trip over as we complete the Torah, as we go back to the beginning of the Torah, and we see that the story is not over yet, even though Moshe Rabbeinu dies, and it seems like that's the end of his life, So it's a very sad statement. But we go back to the beginning of the Torah, and it says, and the Torah tells us the whole point of the Torah, the whole point of Bracious, is so that you know that Hashem is going to give you Eretz Israel. Hashem is going to finish the story. Hashem is going to. We're still in the middle of the story. The story is not over yet. We're going to get to that end. We're going to get to that point in time. Don't make a mistake and think that Moshe Rabbeinu's death is the end of the story. Even though, hey, that is the end of the Torah. Don't think that that's the end, because you go back to the beginning and you remember that there's the story isn't completely written yet. I would say B'dar Melitza, I don't mean this literally, but there'll be we have five books of Moses, there's going to be a sixth book of Moses. And Moshe Rabbeinu is going to come back to life and he's going to write that sixth book on his completion of his journey. Because he's going to come, and this is literally true, what I'm about to say. It says, the Gura writes, that Moshe Rabbeinu himself comes back to complete the Gugula of Kla Yisrael. Moses comes back to finish the job. Of course, there's a Mashiach, there's all process, but he's part of the process. So, even though it looks like the story is over, still part of the story is not written yet. And by going back to the beginning, to Bracius, we remind ourselves that there's still more to the story. Hashem is still planning. We need not worry. We don't yet have a base of English. We're in the middle of the story. Where 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 Khaiza has returned seven million strong to the land of Israel? Where's the base of English? Where's the temple? Where's the Sheina? Where's the Divine Presence? Where's the the all of Khaiza, the Jewish people? reconnecting to our faith. Why is it this? Why is that happening? Why are all these negative things going on in the world? The story's not over yet. We're still in the process. We're still in the middle. The Simcham simple, simple Satyria is that we're, you know, we dance around and around and around in a circle. We're in the middle of the story. The Torah is not a document that gives us a history of what happened 3,300 years ago. This is a document that we're still reading today, and we're going around and around reading it again and again. Because it's still, the story is still going on. We're in the middle of the story. The story's not over yet. I want to bless you and ask you to bless me. Hashem should help us that we should be able to learn the lessons of the power of His prayer. We should be able to learn the lessons that not to give up. Even when Hashem says no, don't give up. Sometimes we need to accept that the answer is no. Hashem should help us to accept that as well. But Hashem should help us to recognize that even if it seems like the answer is no, there's always another round. There's always another chance. We're still in the middle. As long as we're here, we're still in the middle of the story. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful yontif and a wonderful Shabbos. This podcast was made possible through the gracious donations of listeners like you. For more podcasts like this, please visit www.arigoldwag.com or search on iTunes, Ari Goldwag.